Hey, SCF Student Ministries, Devin here, uh, bringing you a new series that we're going through uh, for the month of May. Um, this series is called Back to the Future. Um, so I'm going to start off by asking you, this is probably not a movie that you've seen. Um, some of you may have seen a movie uh, from different era, right? Uh, called Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, if you like smart movies about dumb people, you'll like this one. Um, but in, in a big moment of the movie, uh, Bill and Ted unleash a ton of famous people from the past into the present day and specifically into a shopping mall. Um, so in this case, right, if, you, if you've seen the clip or if you watch the movie or whatever, um, bringing something from the past into the present wasn't a very good idea for this, right? But there are some things from the past that still work really well in the present, right? Um, I mean, I I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a ton older, but I'm definitely of a different generation than a lot of you guys. Uh, a lot of school like trends when I was in school are a lot different now. There might be some things that are similar. Um, Mario is still like Mario Kart, uh, Super Smash Bros. Those are still games that are relevant today. Uh, people trying to get uh, the newest pair of Jordans, like whatever it might be, those things are new. Um, but yeah, uh, flip phones were what everyone was trying to get when I was in middle school. So that kind of thing has died out completely, right? Um, so I want to ask this, think about this in your own head. If you could bring something back from the past into the present, what would you bring? And would it be a person, an idea, uh, something physical? The past is filled with people, things, and ideas that we love to remember and that we wish we were still around today, that we have impacted the world in big ways and are still relevant today no matter how old they are, right? So over the next few weeks, we're going to be bouncing around in time from thousands of years ago to the present day and even into the future. And as we do, we're going to explore some big ideas from the past that have the potential to change the world the world right now and for many years to come. Um, so maybe you know what it's like to have an idea from the past make a big impact on your present. I know I do. Um, specifically, uh, the fra- the from the Bible um, in Isaiah, I mean the, the verse in Isaiah of plans to prosper you, right? Like that's like a pretty powerful verse uh, for a lot of people. That, that God has plans to prosper us and uh, have, we have future and a hope in him, right? I mean, it was enough that we even named, my wife and I named our business Plan to Prosper um, because that specific message has such an impact on our on our life, right? Um, I mean, it's amazing how words that were written literally thousands of years ago can continue to be relevant to our lives today. Even though the world has changed so significantly since scripture was written, we still wrestle with, with uh, many of the same issues, intentions, and questions today. I mean, in the days when scripture was written, we didn't have cameras, of course, which means that the only way we could capture the people, places, and scenes from those times was through words, art, art. Um, and all over the world, there are images of Jesus painted on the ceilings of churches and one in particular, one remarkable collection of these images is in the Church of the Savior on Spilled Blood in St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, I mean, imagine standing in a church that's 24,000 square feet. I mean, more than 12 times bigger than the average house here, right? Of 
intricately detailed mosaics, the most mosaics of any church in the world, and those tiles tell stories of some of the most important biblical scenes and figures of, of all time. But um, if you walk to the corners of the church and look up to the domes, you'll see the artist's renderings of Jesus during different stages of his life. You'll see him as an infant, a teenage boy, a man, and as our Savior. And we may not be able to time travel, but these images help us feel like we can, right? They they capture moments from the distant past so that we can better imagine these moments in the present. And the way these images of Jesus help us time travel are really, truly incredible. But Jesus did something even more incredible than that. The God of the universe traveled from heaven to earth, choosing to grow up slowly as a human. And and why? Why would he do this? Why would why would Jesus come to earth um, to do this? He came to change the future. That's what he came here for. If you're familiar with the story of Jesus, you know the story begins with Jesus' birth. And that's the Christmas story we celebrate each year we've talked about in youth group. Um, after that, we have only one story about Jesus' childhood. And it's a story where a young Jesus went to the temple to worship and taught a bunch of adults about God. After that moment, we don't know much about Jesus' life until he's about 30, um, and that's when his ministry starts to begin and starts to be recorded. If we talk to the people written about in the Bible, they might tell you Jesus was a little, uh, I guess, late to the party, right? God's people had been going through a lot for a very long time at this point, the entire Old Testament up to this point. For thousands of years, they had been trying to restore their relationship with God and waiting for the Savior God had promised to one day send. When Jesus finally arrived on the scene, those first 30 years of his life probably felt like a slow motion mission. I mean, because 30 years is a long time, right? It's more than twice as long as most of you listening have been alive. And for all that time, Jesus walked on earth knowing he was God, but not let, not yet letting the world know why he was there. Then one day, Jesus made it clear, and that's specifically in Luke uh, chapter 4, which is where we're going to start our reading. So we'll be in Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 21. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and rolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So finally, we get to this point that Jesus announces his mission here on he announces his mission here on earth, but he didn't make his announcement by saying something brand new. Instead, Jesus took his listeners back in time with a prophecy that had been written nearly 800 years before this moment. So this passage was um, that Jesus was quoting can be found in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, 
which is typically believed to be written in the 7th or 8th century BC. Uh, in this book, the prophet Isaiah tells us about the captivity and oppression of God's people from so long ago. They were held captive and enslaved by enemies, in part because of their own sins, but also because of the sins, cruelty, and oppression of other people. Isaiah declares three things, and these are that God's people need to be saved from their unrighteousness, that the oppressed need to be saved from their oppressors, and God has a plan to make wrong things right. So now we're going to flip all the way back. We were just in Luke. We're going to flip back into the Old Testament into Isaiah. Uh, we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 61. And just a couple, first couple of verses, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to claim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. So this passage that Jesus chose to read to announce his mission and as Jesus read those words out loud 2,000 years ago, his listeners realized centuries-old prophecies were being fulfilled before their very eyes. I mean, can you imagine how earth-shattering and mind-blowing, how much awe you would have of someone that is, when you realize what is happening, that Jesus is revealing these prophecies that are coming true before you, that you've read your whole life and they're coming true at that moment. I mean, Jesus reached back into the past to grab the words of the prophet Isaiah. Jesus took a, a slingshot of these words and sent them into the first century to say, Do you remember these words? They are about me. But the impact of Jesus' message didn't end with the first century. I mean, it's a message that continues to matter to us today, 20 centuries later. In that moment, Jesus' mission on earth became clear. I mean, he was there to change the future just like the past, the past predicted that he would. Isaiah said God's place, uh, God's people need to be saved from their unrighteousness. Jesus said he knew a way. Isaiah said the oppressed need to be saved from their oppressors. Jesus agreed. Isaiah said God had a plan to make wrong things right, and Jesus said that that plan is me. It had taken a long time, but the Messiah that was promised had finally arrived. And Jesus was no stranger to our unrighteousness. He created us so he knows how broken and prone to sin that we can be. Jesus knew we couldn't save ourselves from our own brokenness, but he could. I mean, Jesus is no stranger to injustice either because of our brokenness. He knew the ways we often hurt, victimize, and oppress each other. He even knew he'd one day be the victim of one of these injustices. Jesus sought out those who were broken, hurting, sick, oppressed, poor, and held captive. Jesus came to save us from each other. Our Creator had a mission to restore what had been broken, to help humans return to our just and right relationship with God and others. And without Jesus, we are broken, held captive, and prisoners. But Jesus' mission was to set people free. I mean, if Jesus has set you free, His mission becomes your mission if you're learning how to follow Jesus and live like him, then maybe your next step is to make his missions your own. Jesus said he came to bring good news to the poor, to release captives, to make the blind see, and set oppressed people free. And, and lastly, to comfort those who mourn. I mean, if that's what Jesus came to do, how can we join him 
on that mission? How can we help people who are held captive by their sin and brokenness find freedom in Jesus? How can our love for Jesus move us to help people who are held captive by injustice and oppression and help them find freedom? I mean, imagine uh, you've awarded, I'm going to call it a justice jump. It's a way to time travel in order to find a solution for a serious problem being faced by the world or a certain group of people. You only get one of these, but you'll come back with the solution you need to make one wrong thing right again. And of course, I think a lot of us would say we'd want all want the world to know Jesus, because I mean, above all, that would solve all issues, right? If everyone knows Jesus and understands that we need to follow his teaching. But what else? What other wrong could you make right? I mean, I have a list What if you'd want to ensure people have safe drinking water globally, maybe all kids everywhere that... They can go to school. People's bodies are protected and not sold. Families have enough food to eat. People are no longer endangered or discriminated against because of their faith. Refugees are safely relocated to new communities. Systems of racism are lamented and transformed before our eyes. Uh, Pollution is eradicated. Abandoned kids are reunited with families. People are able to overcome their addictions, and people who have never heard the good news of Jesus in their language finally get the chance. I mean, in what ways do you see people being held captive, and and how might the mission of Jesus be leading you to help those people find freedom from that whole list, all these people that we see struggling in our world? I mean, if you have a time, go ahead and write down some of these. Um, if any of these issues specifically break your heart and got your attention, write it down and ask yourself, who is being held captive and how? Why does this concern me? Why does this concern Jesus? And how can I join Jesus in helping people affected by this fine freedom? This week, I want to challenge you to do one simple thing. Take whatever you wrote down and commit to learning more about whatever you've written on it. Google Read, watch videos, listen to an interview, ask an expert, research what's wrong and how it could be made right, what solutions are available. Then we'll come back next week with some ideas on how you or our group could help solve that problem. Because we just need to remember that Jesus' mission was to set people free. That means free from sin, from brokenness, and injustice. And if you're a follower of Jesus... That mission is yours too. So I hope you take that heart this week. Uh, We'll be back to talk more on this subject next time. I hope you see you then.